Hi there and thanks for joining us. Amid all of this glorious good weather, there are many weddings underway right now. But what happens if you're not at that stage yet? Well, first of all, you need to find someone to get married to and then you need to find the perfect venue. The two businesses we feature this week will have you sorted. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. The Red Business Podcast with CompuBee. Building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuBee.com Now, first up on this love-related episode is the opportunity to meet a matchmaker. Now, some of us are lucky in love, but others need a little bit of help. And my next guest is somebody who has done that rather successfully over the years. Liz Doyle of the Fine Dining Club. How are you? I'm Grant, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's good to have you here. And your mum is originally from Cork, so your accent may not be a Cork accent, but you have a very fine understanding of this city and county. I have. I am, I'm a 50% Cork woman, as they say. My mother used to say to me, Oh, pet. Now, is it often you have that he's in northern accent? But still, you're half Cork. <laughs> Which is the <laughs> most important half, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure, absolutely. So I have family in Newmarket, so um, yes. And you say Newmarket like a true Newmarket person as well, nice and posh. Yeah. Um, tell me yeah. about the Fine Dining Club. <laughs> Why did you set it up? You. I set this up, Jonathan, because I was working in London and I was working for um, the merchant bank that went bust, Lehman Brothers. And I came back. Actually, my mum wasn't very well as well at that point. Um, she's had a stroke. So I came back to help look after her and sort of take a breath. And then the plan was to go back to London and get another job. And I couldn't meet anybody. I had left my ex in London and I was in Belfast. And everybody seemed to be married and everybody seemed to have children. And I thought, you're having a laugh. How does anybody meet anybody? So I just set this off up as a bit of a joke. I mean, it was not a business. It was just a way to meet new people. So, and I had a dinner party and it kind of went from there. Okay, so you had we all have dinner parties. Very few of yeah. them turn into a business. So how did you manage to make that leap? <laughs> okay, so uh, what happened was I said to a friend of mine uh, here, a girl called Kim Johnson, who was a headhunter in London, and uh, I said to her, Kim, how did how do you go about organising dinners in Belfast? What's the best restaurant? And at that time, it was a place called Dean's that had a Michelin star. I booked a private room and said, I'm going to bring 30 people and um, they're all going to pay me and then I'll pay you. And that's what we did. And I went round and gathered 15 single guys, 15 single girls and said, it's just a bit of crack for everybody to match, make, have a laugh, see what happens and go home. And then my phone kept ringing with people going, are you the girl that's organising the dinner parties? And at that point, I was working for a rather well-known consultancy firm in Northern Ireland, stroke accountancy firm. And I said, no, I'm the girl that's looking for another job. Um, And it morphed from there. So I had another dinner the next month and then the next month and then the next month. And 18 months, two years after that, I thought, oh, I can't be doing with this nonsense that this uh, large firm is putting me through for this small sum of money they're paying me I'm going to launch my own business and Uh, so I did Okay, and and like most businesses born out of frustration that uh, someone else was annoying you and you wanted to do it for yourself I think that's a common theme Yeah, But did you find I mean like you you tried to set up 
the Fine Supper Club at a time when there were many options for dating. There would have been, I, I suppose, maybe Tinder hadn't been invented at that point, but there were lots no. of other dating websites where people would have used algorithms to try and match you with the love of your life stroke weirdest person you'd ever encounter. So how did yeah. you manage to carve a niche for yourself? Well, I think the big thing that online is still going and is probably bigger than it was 10 years ago um, and I say to every everybody who I talk to and every one of my members, you know, try it as well. But there is nothing to beat face-to-face. I mean, I don't know if you saw Mark Zuckerberg has made a huge announcement with Facebook a few weeks ago. And it's going to be the most amazing new dating app ever. And it is an amazing concept, Jonathan, because they're going to met, meet, get people to meet face-to-face. Well, that's a, that's uh, really. a, that's a game-changer, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, isn't it? Who ever heard? I mean, he's reinventing the wheel there. Like, well done, mate. So I think that the the people do get tired of going online. And also, I think that, I mean, there are stats which say that I think it's 73% of people who've online dated have realized that the person they have meeting has lied about at least one thing, if not two. You know, there are television programs dedicated to people like Catfish who are lying about who they are and what they are online. It's very hard to lie to somebody when you're eyeballing them. You know, you're looking at them face to face and they're going to say to you, this isn't really me. This is a picture of me 10 years ago. Yeah, and and, uh, let's face it, we live in a world right now where the digital reality and the actual reality are very different and people tend to not only tell lies online but big themselves up. Uh, How do you make money out of this though, Liz? Because that's the real trick. Facebook already have the people there and presumably they'll make money off advertising. But how does the fine dining club work? Dining club. Well, my my accountant would say to you, Jonathan, that uh, my expensive hobby doesn't make as much money. (laughs) Oh, we all have expensive Um, hobbies. Sorry, yeah. I make money from... And may I say a small amount of money, probably, but I make money from, uh, we charge a fee. So we charge a, an annual fee for people to join us. But from that, obviously, we have to meet every cost. Um, and like a lot of you know businesses for this particular model, our biggest uh, cost is advertising. And um, when we were in the north of Ireland, that was fairly manageable. Now we've opened up in the south of Ireland. Um, we're based in Dublin now. Um, the costs have escalated. Well, yes, but that what happens. That, that's what happens when you expand. So when, when you're yeah. trying, you started it out in Belfast. You've moved to the Republic now. So can people in Cork benefit from the fine dining club? Of course they can. They can come to dinners in Dublin. Yeah, but I think it's the cost of advertising. So you know, it may be the fact for me the costs have expanded in terms of the Irish papers' cost a huge percentage more than the Northern Irish pension papers. And I suppose that one could argue that the reach is bigger, but the reach is bigger by a factor of uh, six or seven, and the costs are bigger by a factor of ten. So that doesn't equate. No, that's uh, that's not ideal. But come here, let's cut yes. to the chase here, Liz. Have you had any success? Have you had people falling madly in love, deciding that they want to spend the rest of their lives together, having met face-to-face at an event you've run? The answer, the only answer has to be yes. Well, it is, yes. And it is, yes. So for in 10 years, we've had uh, seven, eight weddings. We had another one in Dundalk in the Maybank holiday. We have another wedding now in July and we have five babies. Um, And again, another child is due in September. I'll be six. 
So do, do you keep um, in contact with all the people you would have worked with and match made for over the years? Some vast majority of them we've kept in touch with. Now, some have uh, fallen off the radar. The only reason I know about the wedding in July is the gentleman who was getting married had recommended our service to his friend who announced it to me a month ago that did I know that Mr. X is getting married? No, no, no idea. But isn't that fantastic? Um, so, you know, I don't always hear about them. Um, one of the children I uh, happened to hear about through a random coincidence, I was walking down a street in a small town in Fermanagh and bumped into the lady in question who said, oh, I haven't seen you for ages. By the way, this is a product of the last <laughs> so, in relationship. I mean, look, the, the proof of the pudding in all of this is how you're getting on yourself because you set this up out of frustration when you moved back 10 years ago. Did it work for you? It did work for me um, for a period of time, yes. Um, now that gentleman and I have sadly broken up, so um, I'm, I'm single again, Jonathan, which is... Uh, well, you can throw yourself back into the whole thing again. You know, you've got a better business model than you had at first. It might work out better. Well, I would love a nice cork, man. That would be lovely. Um, <laughs> me, me mommy would be happy. She'd be very... Um, do they have to be from Newmarket? Because that might limit the pool. Well, you know, no. Any, anywhere in County Cork is grand for me. Um, I was born... I, 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 I will hate to say that I don't mind a dub either. I was born in Dublin, so I, I could cope with a, a dub. So but it, um, it not, is... not, a, not a northerner. I don't like the accent. I love the southern accent. <laughs> well, look, it's a $2.5 billion industry in America alone, and... There's a lot more to be had in that particular world when you dive into it. So all we can say is the very best of luck. How can people get involved? Thank in? you. Well, they can, um, they can see our website, thefinediningclub.com, and, um, or give us a call and um, have a chat to me. And um, hopefully we can get them along to dinner and introduce them to some nice men or women. Okay, well, we, you have a couple of weddings in and a few babies thrown in for good measure. We wish you considerable success in the future. Liz Doyle of the Fine Dining Club, thank you for joining us on Red Business. Thank you very much. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business, improving productivity with the latest Apple technology, CompuB.com. So once you've found the person that you actually want to marry, the next thing is, well, what do you do next? And there is a real challenge to find the wedding venue of your dreams, as so many of them are different. Well, my next guest has a business that helps with all of that. Founder and CEO of Wedding Dates, Kira Crossan, how are you? Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Tell me what Wedding Dates does. So WeddingDates.ie connects uh, newly engaged couples with wedding venues and suppliers that are available on their date. So uh, the challenge, of course, when you do set the date is trying to find somewhere that can accommodate Mm -hmm. you. And having done this myself, admittedly, 806 years ago, you do have to A, plan far out and B, do the rounds of finding what's available. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I suppose the when I started, when I came up with the concept for this um, business um, t- over 10 years ago now, the I suppose it was very traditional, planning a wedding. You know, you, you phoned up a hotel, you trawled around on a Saturday, visiting loads of different places. Um, it was quite time consuming. Um, and that's really where the, the concept came from. Um, Booking.com was only kind of taking off at that time. I saw that you could book hotel bedrooms with a couple of clicks. And then I thought, OK, well, the next step is, you know, to be able to book the event space and and, and a wedding. Um, so that's really where the idea came from. And, and is, is everybody on the site? Do you cherry pick who's available, who's not? Um, so any um, like venues, um, so from hotels to country houses to exclusive use, um, we have... Um, 
Dublin Zoo, Edinburgh Zoo, uh, so some unusual places Has like that as well. Has anyone ever got married in the zoo? Yeah, absolutely. Where'd you get married? Down by the hippo? <laughs> There's, they have a beautiful room actually and you can get your photos taken with the giraffes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's an, it's, it, uh, you'd want to be really into animals, definitely. It's not for every couple. Lots but... of poop, which would tend to <laughs> take from most wedding venues. But are people really picky about what they want and have be, they become more picky? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it's the the prevalence of the, the internet now and the uh, tools like Pinterest and Instagram. People have this concept of what their dream wedding is going to look like and they are more choosy than ever before. And I hear it all the time from the hotels and venues um, that we work with that, um, you know, People have very specific ideas and, um, you know, they really want to execute them um, perfectly. So I think competition is fierce as well because there's more venues opening up all the time and, you know, more places that are getting licensed. So um, there's definitely loads of choice, but people are doing their research online. You know, there's mm. with with high speed broadband now. There's great, um, you know, high quality uh, images, videos. Well, you see, it, ha- it has to be more than the couple of photographs thrown exactly. up of the empty room. There's yeah. probably videos, three sixty stuff, all, all of that. that. Yeah, exactly. So people can actually narrow down their shortlist from the comfort of their own home. And actually, we recently did a survey that said over fifty percent of couples view three venues or less before making a decision. And do people still physically go to the venue and have a look? They do. I think. In, in in you know ninety percent of the cases they absolutely do. I think where where couples are abroad, which obviously is a is a big thing with Irish couples that are maybe in Canada, the UK, the States, Australia, whatever. Um, so a lot of hotels now facilitate Skype show rounds, so they'll actually bring them around. So there's somebody there on the other side of the Skype. Here's the toilets. Yeah. Here's where the band yeah. is going to be. Literally going through it uh, on Skype to kind of give them a feel, or they might have a family member on the ground that can go and look around the property. And, as well. and it is one of the advantages of the site that you can look at dates. So if you decided I want to get married on June 16th next mm-hmm. year, don't know what day of the week that is, you can go and have a look at June 16th and see what available and then go through the hotels. Absolutely. That's hotels the whole, must love you. Yeah, that's the whole USP of wedding dates. Um, you know, for couples, it answers that initial question. Where, what is available on the date I want to get married? And the hotels and venues love us because we're driving them couples who want to get married on dates that they actually they are empty. So with a function room in a hotel, you can only sell it once. You know, it's either available or not. So Let's talk about you. Uh, you came out of UCC. Well, you, you obviously, you've more to your life than that. But in, <laughs> in the business sense, you came out of UCC with a degree in BIS. Mm-hmm. What was the dream for Kira at that point? Was it always to be an entrepreneur? Did you try your hand at working somewhere else? Um. Yeah, I suppose I've always had that dream of of owning my own business, working for myself. Um, you know, the word entrepreneur wasn't really as in vogue as it is now back then. Um, but I think I always had that um in me from a very young age. Um, my um family um background is hospitality. Actually, both my parents grew up in hotels. So the joke was, you know, when you're in school and you're uh, your teacher asks you what you want to be when you grow up. I always used to say I wanted to own a hotel. Um, and at that point, my father was like, no, <laughs> it's such a hard life. So it's really funny now that it's come full circle and I'm working with the hospitality industry and with hotels every single day. But um, I'm on the, the technology side of it then with my BIS degree. You also are a big promoter of women in business. Absolutely. Uh, w- did you find... 
Is it an impediment or was the impediment in your head when you started to set up the company? Um, I didn't think there was any impediment. I mean, when I started it, it was the beginning of 2008, pre-recession. You know, the boom, you know, I just thought the world is my oyster. You know, I was so naive. Youth is terrible like that, (laughs) isn't it? Absolutely. When I think back on it now, you know, there was quite a bit of arrogance, I suppose. I just thought, well, I'll try this and if it doesn't work, I'll get another job. You know, I was very carefree about the whole thing. Um, And then obviously the the recession hit. So I don't think... um, there was anything in my head that was holding me back. Um, But I definitely found then when I started the business and I started going to different networking things or started going to presentations or going to meetings, it was a lot of men in suits. And I really found that, you know, I was very much in the minority being a female founder. And um, I suppose that's something that I really champion now is other females in business and, you know, the power of um, females supporting each other um, because the struggles are different and they they certainly are there. Um, So it's to be mindful of that but I think you can use it to your advantage as well so uh, one of the little tricks that I've always done over the years is when I'm going to a networking event or something I always wear a brightly coloured outfit and if there's a photographer in the room taking pictures of loads of men in suits they're always going to make a beeline yeah, you're, <laughs> for the you, colourful see, That's outfit. just taking advantage of the boring nature of men that's just <laughs> not fair that's discrimination at the highest order but you're also a big proponent of flexible working for parents as mm-hmm. well because you've what two is it twins? Yeah I have four year old twin you boys. Look very relaxed for someone who's got four year old twin <laughs> boys at home. I'd imagine in, in inside you must be growing. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on um, <laughs> but I think it's really important um, I think and a lot of companies um, could really support their staff with this. I'm a big proponent of flexible working so when I had the twins um, I cut down to a four day week and um, I offer that to my staff as well. Uh, what days they want, the hours um, that suits them with their lifestyle um, you know and Particularly, of course, it's it's more relevant, you know, for people if they have kids. But, you know, they might have other commitments or other um, things that they want to pursue as well. So I think, you know, if you are flexible with people and, um, you know, accommodate them and, and appreciate that work is a big part of all of our lives, but it's just a part of our lives and we're all more than just our jobs. Um, and I think if you're mindful of that with your employees, then they'll really um, value that and appreciate that and, and um, give you that loyalty in return. We had a wedding special early on in the podcast run and there was a couple of people in, people you've presumably worked with because mm-hmm. it's a quite a small sector and I asked them the same question and I'll ask you the question as well. When you go to weddings, do you find yourself looking at the wrong things now? Instead of looking at how wonderful the bride is or whether the shoe stickers are still on for the groomsmen, do you go around, it's a nice venue, isn't it? I could see this on the website. Oh, absolutely. I'm a demon for it. Uh, I think when you're in the industry, anyone who works in, in hotels, then when you go into another hotel, you're, you're always looking around. So I'd be looking at every little detail like that. Um, Pure nosiness, I think, and I just—you can't help—you can't help yourself, really. I think when you're in the industry. And do you find yourself critiquing hotels, going, hmm, "Doesn't look as nice as it did in the website"? Absolutely, absolutely. So, what advice would you give to hotels? I mean, because it's a competitive sector, there's lots of them out there. Mm-hmm. What do they need to do to make sure they stand out on wedding dates.ie? I think they really need to give couples that wow factor. You know, we just had the royal wedding last month, but when a couple gets engaged. They're all Harry and Meghan in their own world, you know. Uh, it's the biggest day of their lives. They're spending, you know, probably their life savings or taking out a big, huge loan to pay for this day. And um, even if it is a, a hotel or a venue that does a lot of weddings, that each couple has to be treated um, and given that really wow experience right from the first email that they send them to when they come in for the for the show round appointment, that they're giving them that um, wow factor. 
And what's the plan for the future? Is it just going to be .ie or have you plans for wedding dates anywhere else? Well, we already have weddingdates.co.uk. So we expanded into the UK six years ago and our business is more than double the size in the UK than it is in Ireland now. So um, that's really, really taking off. Um, we're also looking at other English speaking markets like South Africa and the US. So watch the space. From Little Acorns, indeed, did big things grow. Kira Crossan, founder and CEO of WeddingDates.ie and WeddingDates.co.uk. Kira, thank you for joining us on Red Business. Thanks so much, Jonathan. My thanks to Kira and to Liz and to Neil Hennessy, who of course is the producer of the Red Business podcast. If you want to get involved, it's Red Business at RedFM.ie. We'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business podcast with CompuB, building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuB.com.